Charlotte grows, what would happen if its connection to Jesus and his kingdom ignites? That as culture walks away from the church, our city runs towards it. That a generation would rise up as the living embodiment of God's love. And what if that love sparks a movement, transforming our city by beginning to erase the history of division, raising a banner of unity over the region in the name of Jesus? And what would happen if the passionate people of God became known for building bridges across the divides of our city? That leaders in every sector and community become the building blocks of connection in Charlotte. And what if one of them was you? Lighting the path for our city to find dynamic life in Christ. That together, we will create new tools, make new friends, and find new ways for reaching the disconnected. What would happen if we give everyone an invite to the table, believing everybody has something to bring and every generation some wisdom to share? What if we believe God could change our city in the next five years? We're asking everybody in so that we can invite everybody in. Well, good morning, Forest Hill. Great to be together today. I'm Mike Bowler. I'm lead pastor of ministries, and I want to come today with a couple things to update you on. Uh, the first is that you hadn't seen Jason Smith around the last couple weeks, and as many of you probably know, Jason had a few weeks ago a much-anticipated knee surgery and is at home, like many people, working hard to recover, is doing really well, and we're expecting him to be back in the pulpit in just a few weeks. So I wanted to make sure that you knew about that, could pray for Jason, and uh, we're looking forward to him being back real soon. Also wanted you to meet somebody this morning, Quinlan. Quinlan, you've been around here for how many years now? 20 years. 20 years. Quinlan has been uh, part of our church. Your family has been a blessing on tons of our campuses, just caring for people. And you, a few years ago, joined our staff as director of discipleship over all Forest Hill. And today you are going to be coming and talking to us about something new that's happening with discipleship. And as you uh, preach this morning, I'd love to pray as we prepare to hear from God. God, thank you so much for your word. You tell us that it's a light unto our feet, a lamp unto our path. That God, you don't leave us down here to just find our way, but that you give us your word. And we pray, Holy Spirit, today that we would hear from you and that we would better understand this new thing you're doing at Forest Hill. And God, I ask that you would be with Jason, that you would continue to bring healing to his knee. God, that he would get stronger. And we thank you for his leadership. We pray all this in your name, Jesus. Amen. Thanks, Mike. Well, good morning. Um, like my, Mike said, my name's Quinlan, or a lot of people call me Quinn. And this is a totally different space for me. Most of my days, I'm sitting across from people, having coffee. These days, it's a lot more doing FaceTime or walking on the greenway with people. And what I love about that is I get to kind of hear people's stories and see where they are, whether they know Jesus, they've been walking with them for a while. So I don't really get that this morning. I don't get to know where you're coming from. But I can imagine or assume it, I've probably been a little bit where you are. I was definitely someone that sat in the back of church for a season and had no idea what was going on. Most mornings, wasn't even sure why I was there, but something was happening that I wanted to be a part of. 
I've definitely been the mom who showed up and realized one of my children did not have shoes on and had to run like down to the drugstore and buy some flip-flops that were a little bit too big so that we could come into church. And then obviously I've continued to walk that road and as Mike said, joined staff here a few years ago and I'm standing here now. So, so that's what my life has been about. And I've also been part of different things at Forest Hill. So we've done groups here for a long time. I was in a mornings for mothers group back in the day. We've had square dancing groups. We've had all sorts of different things, home groups, community groups. Most recently we've had life groups and a lot of you have been a part of that. But today we're launching something new called bridge groups. And as you can imagine, if you've been around for a little while, that comes out of our mission, which is building bridges to connect everyone to dynamic life in Christ. But, but really, it comes from the Word. It comes from what we see in the Bible. So today, I wanna start by us looking at a passage in John 1. So as we often do here, if you would stand in reverence for the reading of the Word, we're gonna look at John chapter 1 this morning, starting in verse 35. And it starts, the next day, John, we're talking about John the Baptist, was standing with two of his disciples. And when he saw Jesus passing by, he said, look, the Lamb of God. And the two disciples heard him say this and followed Jesus. And when Jesus turned and noticed them following him, he asked them, what are you looking for? And they said, Rabbi, which means teacher, where are you staying? Come. And you'll see, he replied. So they went and saw where he was staying. And they stayed with him that day, and it was about four in the afternoon. Now Andrew, Simon Peter's brother, was one of the two who heard John and followed him. And he first found his own brother, Simon, and told him, we have found the Messiah, which is translated the Christ. And he brought Simon to Jesus. And when Jesus saw him, he said, you are Simon, son of John, but you will be called Cephas, which is translated Peter. Then the next day, Jesus decided to leave for Galilee, but first he found Philip and told him, follow me. Now, Philip was from Bethsaida, the hometown of Andrew and Peter. Philip found Nathanael, and he told him, we have found the one Moses wrote about in the law, and so did the prophets, Jesus, the son of Joseph from Nazareth. Can anything good come out of Nazareth? Nathaniel asked him. Come and see, Philip answered. This is the word of the Lord. You may be seated. May this time be pleasing to you, Lord, and may many hear and take a step forward in following you. So this passage, believe it or not, is about bridge building. I know there's no hard hats, there's nothing constructioning happening, but it's full of all these what I would call bridge building words. Words like look, come, see. And it starts with this guy called John the Baptist. And I don't know if you guys know about John the Baptist. He was kind of this radical guy. We know from the Bible that he wore camel hair clothing and ate locust and honey, which for me always just sounded like super itchy and not very appetizing. But he was, had all these followers, what the Bible calls disciples, which is another word for students. But followers is a good way to think of it too. And it, it's actually not that different from followers on social media. It's people that are saying, hey, I wanna be influenced by you, John. I wanna see how you live your life and maybe do some things that you're doing. And so one day, John the Baptist is hanging out with two of his disciples 
and Jesus walks by and he says, look, that's the Lamb of God. And we don't really have time to unpack exactly what all that meant. And I know it's kind of a churchy word. We'll do that another time. Well, what he was basically saying is he's the one that built the first bridge. He built the bridge that will connect you to God and lead you to life that you cannot even imagine now. So John the Baptist says Jesus is the bridge builder and then points to Andrew and his disciple John, because there were two Johns, just like in our lives, there's a lot of people named John, and said, you should go check him out. And so they do. They go up to Jesus and say, hey, Jesus, where are you staying? Can we spend some time with you? And Jesus is amazing. He doesn't say, yes, I am the Messiah. Bow down immediately. I am the one you're looking for. He just says, well, well come and see. Let, let's spend some time together. And honestly, we don't know what happened in that conversation. We don't get to peek in on that. There's some things that we can imagine. We know people liked spending time with Jesus. Everywhere he went, people liked to hang out with him. We know it probably went kind of quickly because we know they spent the day there with him. And you know how when you're with people that you actually really like hanging out with, all of a sudden you're like, oh my gosh, like we've been sitting here for three hours. The time really goes fast. So we know something amazing must have happened in those times together, not only from what we learn in this scripture, but then what Andrew does immediately. The next morning, the first thing he does is go to find his brother and say, you gotta, you gotta come meet this guy, Jesus. Meanwhile, Jesus goes to Philip and says, follow me. And Philip immediately goes to his friend Nathaniel and says, Nate, I found him, it's Jesus, he's the guy we're looking for, he has the life we're longing for. And Nate, I love, because he's snarky from the very beginning, and he's like, mm, he's from Nazareth, like that couldn't happen. And again, Philip doesn't try to convince him, he doesn't try to do anything at that moment, he just offers that invitation and builds that bridge by saying, well, come and see, you never know. So I just want you to start to think about maybe some of those bridge builders in your own life. Maybe you've had a John the Baptist. Maybe you have a John the Baptist right now who is saying, look, I know your life's a mess. I know you need more than you have going on right now. You should, you should check out Jesus. You should get to know him. Or maybe you have an Andrew or a Peter or a Nate, someone who's told you about Jesus and hopefully not hit you over the head with the Bible, but has just invited you to come and learn his words and his works, experience his power, who's just said, come and see. Maybe there's someone like that in your life right now. I hope there is. But that's all bridge building is. It's just people reaching out across divides sometimes, because we live in a pretty divided world these days, and they're inviting, Jesus, inviting people into all that Jesus is already doing. That's how you build a bridge. So sometimes it's influencers, sometimes it's brothers, sisters, coworkers, people you're doing CrossFit with, people you do yoga with, mom, friends. I don't know who's in your world, but all that that is is just building a bridge to them and inviting them to look at Jesus one after another after another, saying the dynamic life you're looking for is right here. So 
you may be sitting there thinking like, that's great. But meanwhile, back at my real life, like I don't live in Galilee. This isn't really, no one I know wears camel hair. Like that's just not the people that I hang out with. So what I wanna give you today is just some real practical next steps today. And also just say, I, I know it's not gonna be easy. I mean, anything we learned in 2020 is like, life does not fit in these little boxes, that it's hard sometimes. But again, we also learned that we need each other. So the practical step I wanna offer you today is to join something called a bridge group. And I would say what we've just seen in John 1 is the OG bridge group. It's just a group of people that circle around Jesus and they think about what he taught, they experience what he did, they see his power at work in their own circle, and then they invite other people to jump in. And again, that can be a little hard to get your handle on sometimes. So we've come up with three kind of catchphrases to help with that that come from scripture and also will help you remember that. And that's experience the gospel, engage in community, and equip one another as bridge builders. So experience the gospel, engage in community, and equip one another as bridge builders. Again, those words sound a little churchy, so... We're gonna break that down a little bit. The reason we say experience the gospel instead of study the Bible or pray is not because the groups aren't gonna do that, because they are. I mean, that's, that's the first way in the, the entree into experiencing the gospel. But, but really, it's more than that. And if you think the gospel is just kind of getting your ticket to heaven or praying some special prayer, then you haven't really experienced what it is to see Jesus start putting the broken things back together again. And once you have that good news and see that it actually makes a difference in your life, in the lives of people you know who have broken things in their lives, in our cities, in our nation, in our world, then it becomes a lot more than just circling up and doing a Bible study or praying. It becomes about living this Christ-centered, dynamic life and the gospel overflowing and changing everything around you. And again, that can sound kind of theoretical, a little hard to, to imagine. So I thought I'd just tell you kind of how it played out in my own life. So um, several years ago, I was one of those people that looked really good on the outside. I looked like I really had it together, but on the inside, I was a hot mess. Like, it was not good. I couldn't figure out, like, how relationships were supposed to work, especially dating relationships. I definitely couldn't figure out what success was supposed to look like, how I was supposed to win at life. And, and I was kind of falling apart and knew I needed help, but I couldn't figure out where that help was gonna come from. And there was a guy, his name was Pete, and he gave me a Bible, and he said, why don't you just read this and see what you think? And in my house at that point, Bibles were like something my parents kept like in this beautiful china cabinet, and you zipped them up, and no one ever read them before. And he said, read this, and then he said, you may wanna come to this group with my friend named Sherry, and you can talk about it. And as I started to read, what Jesus said and started to see the difference he made. And more than that, once I started kind of trying it out in my own life, almost like a try before you buy, like Jesus says, forgive. I, I don't wanna forgive, but I'm gonna try to forgive and see what happens. I was like, oh, that was awesome actually. I began to experience 
the good news, experience the gospel. And little by little, I wanted more of that till I finally got to the point where I had to decide if I was gonna be in charge of my own life or if I trusted this Jesus enough to say, you can have my life and invite him in to be my rescue, to be my salvation for that mess that was inside of me. So Peter and Cherry were to me what Philip and Nathaniel were. They were people that just said, come and see, check it out. They didn't try to have all the right answers. They didn't hit me over the head with scripture. They just said, take a step, see what happens. And because of that, it helped me take another step and another step and another step. And I experienced the gospel for myself. So that's what we hope happens in bridge groups, that you actually experience the gospel. But more than that, we also want you to engage in community because it's better when you do it with other people. And it's just a place where you can live out all the one another's of the Bible. If you ever read the Bible, it has a lot of like love one another and encourage one another and all those sort of things. And it's a place where you can do that. And sometimes I like to kind of think of being in community, kind of like being in a family. So when you first become a Christian, when you decide to follow Christ, you get like grafted into this Mac Daddy big family. Like, I don't know if y'all have done Ancestry.com or any of that kind of stuff, but all of a sudden you're like, oh, wow, I got, I got a lot of family. Like, there's people in the 12th century. There's like people in Singapore and Senegal, like South Dakota, who knew? So that's what becoming a Christian is. You're in this huge family that lasts across centuries, that lasts across the world. But then when you join a church and kind of plant your flag in a local church, I kind of think it's like Thanksgiving dinner, like Juneteenth picnic, family reunion sort of thing. There's gonna be some old people. There's gonna be some babies. There's gonna be some crazy uncles. There's gonna be some cousins that know your secrets. There's gonna be a lot of people that vaguely know what you do for work, but no one who really knows what your job is. There's just all these kind of people that you know, and most of the time that you love, but they don't really know you. And joining a group like a bridge group should feel like the family dinner table. I mean, these are the people that like, know if you had a chemistry test. They're gonna know if you're gonna take a pregnancy test next week. They're gonna know all the things happening. Not only do they know what you do for your job, they know about the guy that still a year now doesn't know how to mute on Zoom and still is like trying to figure that out because you complain about him all the time. I mean, they're gonna know all the stuff. And they're gonna ask you some of those questions. Have you quit praying? How much are you partying? Are you ready to quit your job? They're also gonna know things like, are you ready to quit on this faith thing? They know those things about you. And again, I, I wanted to tell you a little bit of a story about how this has played out in my own life. So several years after, um, my experience with Pete and Sherry, I was in a group and um, things were not going especially well in my world. So newsflash for anybody that is not figured this out yet, just when you start following Jesus, it's not like, and now your life will be perfect and beautiful and no problems will ever come your way. That is not how it works. Amen, there you go. And it was, it was hard. It was really hard. I had a child who was so sick that she couldn't get out of bed and no one could figure out what was going on. And if you'd looked at our bank accounts, you would have thought, this does not look like it's going well. The economy was not doing well and we were definitely not doing well. 
And in all honesty, I did not feel like getting out of bed and going to my group that morning. I was in a group that met in the mornings um, and I really didn't just feel like going anywhere. But I walked in and when I walked in, all of the people sitting in there had a stack of sticky notes. And on those sticky notes, they had written scripture and they had written encouragements. They had drawn some really horrible pictures. They had just cheered me on and they just kind of said to me, not just come and see, but come and see again. You, you've forgotten. You don't think Jesus is here in this with you, but we're here to tell you he's here with you in this. And man, I took those sticky notes home and we put them all over my daughter's room. They were all over the wall. I put them on mirrors and dashboards. And that was a reminder for me that I was not alone. Jesus was with me and there were people that were with me waiting to see what was gonna happen. And when you look at John 1, you see that again. I mean, those guys were clueless. They had no idea what was gonna happen as they started to walk together in following Jesus. I mean, I'm sure sometimes it was fun. I'm sure time, sometimes it wasn't fun. They definitely ate together. I'm imagining a lot of fish. There seems like a lot, there's a lot of fish in the Bible and bread. But they lived it out together with Jesus and it changed absolutely everything for them. So I don't know who your post-it people are. I don't know if you have post-it people. What I do know is that we learned in 2020 how badly we need people. I mean, so badly that we will do people on a little screen like the Jetsons or Phil of the Future or something. I mean, we need people. And so if you don't have people in your life, my hope is that engaging in community in a bridge group will help to give you some of those people. Now, the last thing these groups are gonna do is equip one another as bridge builders. And again, that can be a little hard, like, okay, but how do you do that? And probably an easy way to kind of start that idea is just look around and go, Who, who's not in the family that needs to be in the family? Who's not in the big family? Maybe who's not in the family dinner table tonight? And so what you'll do about in a group is you'll just pray together. You will look and encourage one another to look around. Who's in the cubicle next to you? Who's in the box on Zoom next to you? Who's working out to next to you? What would it be like to invite them? What would it be like to start a faith conversation with them? What would it be like to have them over for a bonfire or go to the park together with your kids? Maybe have them even join the group or come over for a Super Bowl party. I truly believe there will be a day when we actually have parties again together. So that's what I'm looking forward to. Yes, that is where we're going. And so that's really what bridge groups are gonna look like. And with this bridge building stuff, I wish I could tell you it'll be super easy. I mean, I'm a professional Christian now, so I should be the person that's like, oh yes, I do this all the time. I have all the answers. And y'all, it's hard. I don't always have all the answers. And sometimes I'm afraid to tell people about Jesus because what if they ask me something that I'm stumped about? But when I remember, all I'm really asked to do is just to give them an invitation, have a conversation, just say, come, see, that that's all they did in the Bible. They just said, come and see. And that that's what we'll encourage to happen in our groups is who have you invited lately to come and see? And like Andrew and John and Philip, I, I, I don't always have all the answers. 
In all honesty, I'm a little like Nate and a little snarky sometimes for sure. But here's what I know. There are people, people I love in my family, friends, neighborhood who don't know him and hate to sure that there's, um, Jason and Jonathan are not gonna be the answers for these people. They are amazing communicators and they can talk about Jesus in ways that are encouraging and uplifting, but they don't know your friends. They don't know your coworkers. Your coworkers, your friends, your brother, your sister, they trust you. And so if you say, come and see, if you start to talk about this Jesus, then it sounds legit. So this is incumbent upon you all to be the people that build the bridges. That's what's going to help change our city, people's lives, people's lives I love and care for that are far from him. So I just wanna give you a real practical way to do that. We've made it as easy as possible. We've put all the bridge groups online so you can just go to our website. They're all on there. There's pictures of the leaders. There's filters so you can look for any kind of group you're looking for, men, women, couples, everybody groups. If you're watching online or if you don't know if there's a group close to you, then there's definitely places all over the city, but lots of online options too, so you can jump in from anywhere. Some of these groups are gonna meet in person, some are gonna meet online exclusively, and some will kind of be a hybrid, so they'll meet online usually, but then maybe meet up for a social outside, like once a month or so. And we're just asking everybody, try it. You know, I said, when I first stepped forward, I did a little try before you buy, not only with community, but even with Jesus. Like, is he really gonna be who people say he's going to be? And so we've designed it so you can jump into a group, start meeting at the end of February, try it out in March. And if by Easter on April 4th, it's not working, then, it, then it's easy to, to join another group or just take a break. And, and here's the deal, as I was kind of thinking about talking to y'all today, I wish that I could just guarantee, like, if you do this, it's gonna change your life. And, and I can't do that. I can't oversell that. I can't really ex tell you for sure that you're gonna experience the good news of the gospel and everything that's hard in your life is gonna change immediately. I can't really guarantee you that you're gonna meet your besties and friends for life in a bridge group. I can't guarantee you that if you build a bridge to someone that they're gonna come to know Jesus and their world's gonna be transformed immediately because life's hard. That's just not, it doesn't always like roll like a Disney movie. That's just not how it works. But, but here's what I can tell you. And this is what I felt like, oh, I can promise people this. Groups changed my life. They were a huge part of my story of coming to know Jesus and then continuing to walk with him in good times and bad times. And I can tell you that's not just true for me. That is true for some of you that I see out here now. It's true in our church. It's true in the church with a big C. It's been true across centuries, all the way back to Andy and Peter and Philip and Nathaniel. And, and here's the other thing I was thinking. You know, I can tell you what doing nothing results in. Nothing. <laughs> and if you don't take a next step, 
You'll, you'll never know what's on the other side. I mean, 2020 was just like inertia for so many of us. I mean, people just, they sat on the spiritual bench and then pretty soon they got pretty comfortable there. And I'm just kind of over it. And I think other people are over it. So I'm just saying, come and see, try it. What have you got to lose? I dare you. I even double dog dare you. I double dog dared him in another service. So, and here, here's the thing. I don't know what's on the other side of that. Just like Peter and John and Andrew and Nate had no idea what was on the other side when they took that step up to Jesus. But I know it's good. And I know that um, God is up to something and I wanna be a part of it. And I hope you do too. Let's pray. Lord Jesus, you are good. And you are always coming after us. You were the first bridge builder and you continue to use us to build bridges to others. To use us to say, come and see the life you are looking for, that abundant life is available if you will only take a step forward. So Lord, we trust you with that. Lord, I pray for my friends that are worshiping now online at our campuses in all sorts of places that you would move, that you would do things that blow our mind through your goodness and your immense love for us. I pray these things in the powerful name of Jesus. Amen.